Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens. Brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logos for more information or to donate. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Roger, John, Neil, myself, Bob. Hey, guys, how are you? Great. Great, yeah, Bob. Doing good, Bob. Good, how are you? Good. Uh, very well, thank you. We've got Christmas coming up in just a few days. And so what we're going to do in this podcast is actually a couple things we're going to talk about. Later on, we're going to discuss all things Christmas related, of course. A lot of different issues to discuss regarding Christmas. Some Christians who are concerned about maybe the pagan origins of Christmas, but also the significance of the virgin birth, the significance of Jesus coming to earth to take on humanity. Uh, maybe we'll have a little bit of fun with a Christmas movie talk as well. But before we dive into all things Christmas, there is some huge news that's taken place, and it's out of Colorado, where the Colorado Supreme Court has ruled in a four to three decision that Donald Trump engaged in insurrection on January 6th. And so therefore he is removed from the Colorado primary ballots. And obviously this is an incredibly outrageous ruling. It was a four to three ruling, but all seven judges there on the Supreme Court, a Democrat appointed, three of those Democrats are saying, okay, well, this is a bridge too far for us. But four of them, it's like, nope, we'll go ahead and try to keep them off the ballot. Now, is it going to be successful? No, it's, it's being appealed to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court will overturn this. And so, but the fact that they even attempt are attempting to do something like this is scary, especially when you realize they're invoking the 14th Amendment. And the 14th Amendment says that you're not allowed to hold public office if you have, quote, engaged in insurrection. Now, the Fourteenth Amendment was ratified on in nineteen, or I'm sorry, eighteen sixty-eight. The reason it was done in eighteen sixty-eight, this was post Civil War. This was to make sure that no Confederate officers who actually really did engage in insurrection against the United States, that they themselves could hold political office. That's what the purpose of this was uh, to tra- take what happened on January sixth, as wrong as it was. And to take Trump's saying, as you peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol to let your voices be heard, is absurd to call this an insurrection. But that's what they're doing. Never mind the fact that of the 91 charges against Donald Trump in all four of these indictments, exactly zero of them are for insurrection. So he's not even charged with insurrection out of 91 charges, let alone convicted of insurrection. And the Supreme Court, the Democrats there in Colorado say, well, uh, we say, since CNN says he's an insurrectionist, we're basically going to say he's an insurrectionist. That's in essence what they're doing. So, of course, this is all John Rush's fault because he's out of Colorado, okay? Uh, John, your take on all of this. Uh, you're right on everything, and the, the most disappointing thing about it is, again, just what the left is trying to do and the fact that we we talked about this on air a little bit yesterday. We don't even have two tiers of justice. I know we say that a lot. We have two separate systems of justice yeah, in we this do. country, much like there was during medieval times. I don't think folks really understand how 
how troublesome that really is. And that really is the gist of what's going on here, guys, and probably what troubles me more than anything else. I mean, for everybody that's really up and up and you know up in arms and they're really uptight about what happened, you know, be uptight because of what the left is trying to do, not what actually happened. Because the actual outcome, frankly, uh, several things could happen. Most likely, Supreme Court will over, will overrule it, even if <clears throat> even if they don't. The party leadership in Colorado can still allow or even tell their delegates, we want you to vote for you know Donald Trump, even though he wasn't on the primary ballot, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's all sorts of things, guys, that can happen. Regardless, this isn't going to affect the outcome of the convention, in my opinion, one iota. Even if other states follow with this, which I don't really see, I mean, there'll be some... Uh, there'll be some rogue states that might very well try to do the same thing that's happened here, depending upon how this works out. Although, again, I don't think this is going to go anywhere because the Supreme Court will probably overturn this. But at the end of the day, this isn't affecting Donald Trump's nomination. We can talk more about this. I really do think this is still a way to really drum up more and more support for Donald Trump to make sure he, in fact, is our candidate. That's my opinion. I know. And by it, John, you and I just disagree on this. I, I, I think that the Democrats are more afraid of Donald Trump than you think they are. And I know you, nope. you and I completely disagree with each other on this, nope. but I just, I look at, I look at the poll. They have to see he this. He is the later. most this, beatable candidate we have. Fox News poll just came out this week showing that Donald Trump in 18 to 29-year-olds is up over Biden by 13% and among women by 10%. Problem is, uh, Trump Biden against won't Biden. be the candidate. Yeah, well, he probably won't. I mean, you are right about that. but So, so to me, those polls know. make no difference because he won't be the candidate anyways. And okay. among... Some of our other candidates we have, Trump still polls the worst. I mean, look at Nikki Haley and how she polls against Biden. Uh, you know, it's much greater percentage-wise than even what Trump's got. So, and by the way, I'm not, not, that's not an endorsement on my end for Nikki Haley at all. Please, nobody mm -hmm. take it that way. I'm just saying that we have others that do better polling-wise against Biden than even Trump does. Well, you know what? I would give more credence to your, to your theory here, John, if— Donald Trump were in a horse race with DeSantis and Nikki Haley. If he were, then I could see maybe, hey, uh, Democrats, why are they doing stuff like this? All this is doing is helping Trump to compete against them. But when he's already up 40, 50 points over all of them, and he can just moonwalk blindfolded into the nomination, there's no reason for them to be doing stuff like this, no, unless and, it's and for another reason, trying to narrow the gap between well, him and the and, others. And I, and I think in some ways, guys, this is going to backfire on them because eventually you push this hard enough even some of those middle of the road voters start looking at wait a minute this doesn't seem fair they're you know they're they're singling out one single individual candidate why i mean i think you get some sympathy vote out of some out of this which they aren't counting for uh, accounting for i should say guys so in, in my opinion they can take some of this too far and have a backfire as well and i'm not so sure they're not on the edge of that right now all right. Well, we'll see. Like I say, if if he were in a horse race with him, I, I'd I'd be giving credence to to your position on this. But when he's so far ahead, they don't need to be doing stuff like this to try to hey, let's get him the nomination. Yeah, but Bob, he's already got the nomination. But that's not how Democrats work. You know that they will push that thing. They'll push the oil tanker all the way up onto the beach if they have to. They don't care. But they're not going to push it so hard that they end up, as you said, backfiring. They're not oh, stupid enough to have it some, uh, some turn them, back around know, on them. As I, I'll say they're very strategic and their party leadership is, but there are some in the party that, let's just face it, don't understand reality at all. They all live right. in a whole other world. All right. Well, uh, the way I look Agreed? at it is, 
uh, they do live in a whole other world, but they're not they're not stupid and they they are very strategically shrewd and i just can't imagine them looking at donald trump with a 50 point lead who can who who can basically sleep his way into the nomination and saying hey let's mess with this apple cart the, the smartest thing they could do is just say let's just let it ride but for them to be taking aggressive steps like this i think it's because they are in fact trying to damage his chances of getting on which tells me that they are more afraid of them than than you believe that they are but of course i can be totally wrong. I hope you're that's right. Why, that's why, thankfully, we have people like Roger and Neil to basically clean up the mess of you and I's uh, <laughs> in, insane analysis sometimes. Uh, but let's go around. Roger, first of all, I just I do want to get your take. And this is the kind of thing I would expect out of California. I guess I'm not surprised Cal, uh, Colorado, too. But uh, John's right. It's not going to be successful. He's not going to be kept off the ballot one way or another. The Supreme Court's going to end up fixing this. But isn't this a sad day in America? The, the, this is the Democratic Party exposing themselves for what they what they truly, just like these college presidents have exposed us. We've known all along they're a bunch of anti-Semites. All they did was basically pull back the curtain and say it with their outside voices in the congressional testimony and such. And it, I guess kind of the same thing is happening here. The Democrats are revealing this is this is you know who we are. And so here's here's what I want to do. Let's because Roger, I want to get your take on this. I want to get Neil's take on this. Uh, certainly as well. And then we're going to talk more Christmas stuff a little bit later on. Uh, but as we dive into this, we do want to remind everybody that when you hear this podcast, you listen to us talk about our sponsors, Wilson Financial and certainly Preborn. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, we're asking you to do that right now. It could be a ta- nice tax write-off for you coming up on the end of the year. Preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all around the country. And when those moms see a picture of their baby, as you know, they usually end up accepting uh, life, letting the baby live. They usually end up accepting the Lord, too. So we need to pay for these ultrasound images. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So this Christmas right now, what we're asking everybody to do, what a Christmas gift. Pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is you put in there, that's your one-time gift to preborn. It's your forever legacy of the amount of babies' lives that you saved. Is it 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies? What can you afford? $28 times fill in the blank. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. But listen, if you can afford it, we need some of you out there to buy an ultrasound machine. They are $15,000 to buy an ultrasound machine, but your forever legacy will be saving thousands of babies' lives. And until Christmas, we still have an anonymous donor matching dollar for dollar everything you give. So take the baby's lives you save and double it. So here's how you give either side. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, or just call 833-850-850 baby and mention national crawford roundtable when you call we appreciate you doing that so uh roger your take on what the colorado supreme court with these democrats four democrats on the colorado supreme court what they're actually attempting to do to rig the election in this way to claim that donald trump is guilty of insurrection violation of the 14th amendment when out of 91 bogus charges against him not even one of those charges is for quote insurrection let alone convicted of it but that's what they're claiming 
Well, and let's face it, if the if the Colorado State Supreme Court had been made up of Rudy Giuliani, Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, things like that, and then we would, we would be calling for their scalps, right? But right. instead, it's you got all these Democrats, and I guess we should tip our cap to the three who voted against this ridiculousness. I mean, look, the Democrat Party, unfortunately, has become the party that says, hey, we just need sound bites. You know, we need something that people are going to misconstrue. You know when the New York Times headline went blasting out yesterday afternoon. You, you know what, what everybody saw, right? What they saw mm-hmm. was the Supreme Court says Donald Trump can't run for president. That's the narrative that they got. Right. So they have one state and one, and it's going to get challenged and it's going to get tossed. And, and John, I know you can, you can explain the parliamentary procedure, what the GOP can do in Colorado to actually get Donald Trump to still be able to uh, become the nominee if that's where the way they want to go. But all they're looking for now is sound bites. I mean, there was a time when you would expect legislators to pass legislation that was actually going to benefit mankind for all of eternity. You know, I mean, it, we were looking long term. How is this for the good of society? And now, what kind of soundbite can I get so I can fundraise off it? I mean, that's basic. Now, now you've got the Colorado State Supreme Court playing that game. You have the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court playing that game during the 2020 election. I mean, these are frightening times when you think that the, the courts, that the left has the narrative with their crowd that says, hey, you know what? If we don't do this, uh, the court's going to take away democracy and they're going to take away your rights. Well, they just did it or tried to do it in Colorado. And what do you hear? From, you hear the crickets from the old uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons playing in the background? That's mm-hmm. what you hear because that was what the narrative was. The narrative was we're going to pass this thing. The Supreme Court's going to rule in favor of it. Of course, it's going to get appealed. It's never going to stick. But that they don't care because now there's a ton of Democrat voters that are going, did you hear the Supreme Court says Trump can't run? And that's all, the, that's all they wanted. That's all they know from it. Neil, what, what's what's your take on it? Honestly, Neil, to me, it's just, it's such a sad day in America that we actually see state Supreme Court justices being willing to attempt to do something like this. It's like, they don't even care what the Constitution says. They don't care what the rule of law is. All they care about is how, hey, strategically, we'll, we'll, we'll lie, cheat, steal, do whatever we got to do if we can just manipulate the system in our favor. And I, I just, I find that despicable. Yeah, well, it's where we're at right now, and this seems to be like the way that we do politics. And, of course, we're dealing with the courts here. By the way, that raises a question, John. Let me ask because I don't know the answer to this question. Is is the state Supreme Court in Colorado able to issue a ruling on their own? I thought judges, you know, rule on cases and lawsuits and stuff. Like, was This there was a, a lawsuit. A, by who? Who um, originated it? Uh, sorry, guys, you caught Don't me know. off guard. Yeah, I know. Uh, obviously, was, obviously somebody they considered having standing. So yeah, I, I can't remember the name of the person. I can look it up really quick. But yes, it was brought by a person. Okay. Well, I just wondered, like, or if these guys were just sitting around with nothing to do and said, hey, I got an idea. Let's uh, throw out a ruling that nobody no, else has to rule on. No, they ruled on a case. Okay. Well, it, it's not going to stand up. It's not going to hold, but it's going to do exactly what Roger said. It throws an idea out in people's minds. Hey, well, you know, a, one of the states said he's not eligible to run. Maybe there's other states that are going to do the same. It kind of throws this idea into people's minds, which puts doubt in their mind for the election. But I have another question, John. Seriously, I just want to ask what you were talking about earlier. Um, if the Democrats think that Trump is the most beatable, therefore they want him to be the candidate. I mean, clearly he's the front runner for Republicans. So then he gets in a race against Biden, but the polls say that he can beat Biden. And that he's gaining support amongst young voters. He's gaining support in the black community and amongst Hispanics. I mean, and he did in the last election as well. So that sounds like a dangerous proposition. You put this guy up against Biden, it looks like he could beat him. Now, you're saying that it's not going to be Biden in the end. But why why would Democrats want the most formidable 
you know, opponent to be running against whoever's in the election. It doesn't seem possible to me that they're that they would be i mean by the way and then do we even believe polls because if you go back to 2016 you know everybody was convinced trump had no chance of beating hillary and then he beat her so I, i'm scratching my head on all this but i wondered if you could i, I you do know. i do trust the polls i think they're they're fairly accurate in most cases there's going to be a few outliers i'm not saying that i agree with the strategy of the democrats and i think they're playing with fire and doing what they're doing but at the end of the day, yes, I do believe this is a part of their strategy. And I also firmly believe in how this all shakes out. I don't know. But I don't see Joe Biden being the candidate because they can look at the polling and know that he can't win against any of our candidates at all. That will be a switch out at some point. I don't know when. Yeah. All right. We'll see. And, and, so, and, no, and guys, really quick, you take a even though he didn't do very well against DeSantis, but you take a Newsom or even our governor here, Polis, and put him up against Trump. Trump does not debate very well at all, and that would not end well if that ends up happening. That's my All right, so your thinking definitely is there's going to be a a Polis or a Newsom or somebody like that that goes up against Trump, and then suddenly uh, Trump uh, evaporates and collapses against one of them. I just think, I mean, even if even if it goes all the way to the end, which it will, he'll, he'll. I firmly believe Trump will be our candidate. I think this is the way things are going to shake out from from the um, uh, the convention. That's just the way it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Depending upon what the left then does and what candidate they put up, is it, you know, does he still have a chance of winning? I mean, this goes. This is future podcasts, of course, and how much all of us get behind our our candidate, whether you like the, the individual or not. That will have a lot of of weight in what actually happens. And I'm not saying that a Newsom or a Polis don't have their, their own issues. I'm just saying that in general, those two will perform way better than Biden will. All right. Uh, and let me just, Roger, I want to ask you as well in talking about this, how you think this ultimately ends up playing out. And we want to remind everybody coming up, we're going to be shifting our conversation to Christmas in a little bit and certainly for the second half. But Roger, as we do talk about this, we do want to remind our listeners as well, we're coming up on the end of the year. A lot of people buying Christmas gifts. We need to be wise stewards financially with our money. And thankfully, we got Dennis Wilson to help us do that. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate about Dennis is when Trump passed the tax cuts was 2017, 2018 or so, he was very critical of some of the areas where they did because it wound up hurting some people. You got a little middle-class relief, but uh, there are a couple of booby traps in there that are going to explode on January 1st, 2026. That was under his watch. But then also being in the People's Republic of California, where Gavin Newsom is listed as uh, one of the top front runners and watching the way that he's grinding the state into the ground now with illegal executive orders, and then now running a potential $66 billion budget deficit for fiscal 24-25. It's very, very clear that as Christians, we need to be wise stewards, making sure that we're placing our money in investments that are safe and secure and God honoring. And that's what you get with Wilson Financial. Uh, I've got 10 years experience with Dennis and uh, I trust me, he's been a family friend and a friend of the bottom line show listeners. And now for National Crawford Roundtable as well. Click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner when you go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and you can start that conversation even now before the end of the year to get some tax relief as well. Because I mean, let's face it, if, I mean, I can tell you firsthand, Bob, you'd asked earlier, you know, what, how does all this look coming from the People's Republic, where we're just used to this kind of stuff. The court oversteps all the time during uh, the pandemic or the plandemic, as we like to say. Uh, Newsom issued 47 executive orders that were all overturned and twice in 
Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, he lost. I mean, then you can't get more liberal than that. And even they had to say, look, you overstepped your boundaries. The fact that now the the stories are coming out saying, well, Newsom's not as popular as we thought, and maybe that test balloon isn't working. Who knows, John, maybe Jared Polis is uh, warming up in the bullpen because uh, the Newsom numbers may not be boating as well. I don't think Newsom versus Trump is a fair fight at all. I think Trump is going to run the table over him, I mean, at this point. And um, that's something the Democrats are going to have to take into consideration, uh, even with this ruling against Trump, which will be, you know, it's semantics, but remember the GOP does such a bad job of messaging. How are they going to get that word out that this is just really a, a technicality more than anything else? Yeah. And by the way, do you know uh, the presidential candidates running against Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, Ronda Santos, even Chris Christie has come out and criticized this ruling, saying this is the wrong ruling out of uh, Colorado. So, and, but- and I want to really quick jump in, Bob, because I did look it up, and this is going to shock, well, maybe not shock all of you. One of the, well, I think, I can't go through every single name, but there's one, two, three, four, five, six people that brought this petition against Trump here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I can look at the names and know that the majority of them are Republicans, one of them being a previous conservative talk show host in Colorado. Really? Yes. Okay. What Now, what, is, what does that mean? That... that Clearly, they're not wanting Trump to be the nominee, so they're, well, if they're conservatives. Is, that means they they could fall in the Never Trumper camp. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, of yeah they're the, they, these, these are Never so, Trumpers. You're so this right. right. So this is an effort on their part to derail Trump's campaign, not Correct. to try to force him into the nomination. In this particular case, yes. Now, on the same token, to your point, the you know the Democrats and the Supreme Court here in Colorado have definitely, and believe me, there's plenty of Democrats in Colorado that have jumped on this as well. They're all in on this one as well. The, these these conservatives brought it, but believe me, the the Democrats have jumped on that train. By the way, can we just on a little bit of a side note? I, I am getting so sick and tired of the Republicans allowing January 6th to be branded as a quote insurrection. Agree. It just it makes my eye twitch. Okay, you get Democrats repeatedly talking about the insurrection of January sixth, and then Republicans just sit by and let that kind of false language be thrown out there. It was not an insurrection. It was wrong what happened, of course. But I think people need to be reminded of some basic facts. Okay, there was a rally a protest rally that was already pre-planned, a peaceful pr- protest rally that was already pre-planned at the Capitol. They were supposed to go to Washington, listen to Trump speak, and then march over to the Capitol peacefully and engage in a protest outside the Capitol. That's perfectly legal. That's perfectly constitutional. They pulled the permits. The permits will, were pulled over a week before that. This was legally, it was already approved So a peaceful protest outside the Capitol was already approved and the permits were already pulled for this. And that's why when Trump said, as you prepare to march to the Capitol, peacefully and patriotically to let your voices be heard. All right. Trump didn't Which the mainstream media never airs. You never hear that clip from the mainstream media. Exactly. Exactly, Neil. And so, but people don't even know this. They think this was some kind of spontaneous riot that took place. This was a pre-planned peaceful protest where permits were already solicited and approved. and and, And this is what we do in America. This is what happens. You had a couple of hundred people who didn't even attend Trump's rally that had already pre-planned, according to the FBI, to bypass his speech and go straight to the Capitol and force their way past police to try to disrupt the the proceedings inside. Yet a couple of hundred people that did that, 
they were wrong. They should be charged. All of us said that from day one. But once they pushed their way past police, even though they didn't shoot anybody, didn't kill anybody, didn't even take a gun inside, didn't set a single fire, but they were still wrong for what they did, that's when police backed off, let them in. As soon as the Capitol was evacuated, the police went ahead and opened the doors, moved the barricades, and then that's where you had another eight to 900 people peacefully mosey on into the Capitol, walking right past police. And those people were swept up in the very same dragnet. So now we hear there's 1,000 to 1,200 people that were arrested. There were only a couple of hundred initial rioters, and they didn't even attend Trump's speech. Those basic facts I just laid out right now, you, you go talk to 100 people on the street, I guarantee you 90 of them don't even know what I just now said. Uh, and so, no, this was not an insurrection. Even the 200 people, as wrong as they were, weren't engaging in insurrection because they weren't trying to overthrow the U.S. government. They were only attempting to temporarily uh, temporarily disrupt the proceedings so that those votes from swing states could be sent back to those individual handful of states for further review and investigation. All they wanted to do was temporarily delay the process. They weren't trying to overthrow the government. Knock it off with the insurrection terminology. That is just a flat-out lie. All right, somebody's got to get my blood pressure down. These people. No, you're correct. You're all right. Uh, Manuel, but you know, my frustration here is with the Republicans because 90% of the Republicans just sit, let their lips stay touching each other when people say insurrection. Mm -hmm. They ought to be ranting like I'm ranting right now, but they don't do it. It's like you bunch of cowards. All right, now now I'm, t- I, I'm invoking my inner Neil now going after some on my own side to say, hey, look, here's where we need to step it up. Uh, all right, let's do this. Let's let's do this, guys. Now that I'm, I'm going to hose myself off, okay, uh, we are going to, in the second half, we're going to move away from all this because we got a lot of Christmas-related things to talk about. So we're going to talk uh, Christmas and lighten it up and, and uh, move away from all this stuff in the second half. In the meantime... If you haven't given to Preborn yet, we are asking you to do that now, okay? Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and you can go ahead and give right there. Remember, you're saving babies' lives. You're paying for ultrasound images for moms to see a picture of their baby so they choose life instead of going to Planned Parenthood. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So we want you to pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number you put in that blank, that's multiply that times $28, and that's your one-time gift, and that's your forever legacy. You will always get to talk about, hey, Christmas of 2023, here's how many babies' lives our family saved. And if you can afford it, we need some of you out there to buy an ultrasound machine. It's $15,000 to buy an ultrasound machine. It'd be a nice tax write-off for you, maybe for you or your business. And you know something? Your forever legacy will be stopping thousands and thousands of abortions. So what do you say? How much can you give, folks? Go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on Preborn. Give right there. 100% of your gift goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. And you can talk to a real-life person on the phone, too. Call right now, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call, and the answer to the phone is 24-7. We thank you for doing that. And we can also... Folks, uh, when you listen to us, you can also watch our our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. The second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. 
Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Roger Marsh of the bottom line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Okay, so in this second half, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk Christmas. Uh, first of all, if we can have a little bit of lighthearted time to, to start off with, I'm just kind of curious as we go around the table. Uh, Neil, what's what's Christmas like in the the Boron household? What do you what do you guys what do you guys uh, do? Do you have any particular family traditions? Uh, well, we've developed one over the years. You know, we always made a bigger deal out of Christmas Eve than Christmas Day. I'm not sure why, but I think it was because when I was growing up, you know, there. Christmas Day was so anticlimactic. I mean, you open the presents and it's over. And, and in our home, I mean, this is just the way my dad was, but mm. um, he made everybody take a nap in the afternoon. I mean, I've got all these toys. I want to play with my toys, but what, we all really? have to take a nap on Christmas You guys have to take a nap and yeah. start playing with your toys? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, uh, but I, I think I got the feeling that it was like, okay, the presents are open. Now what? I mean, it's only 930 in the morning. So what happens next? Um so we made a bigger deal out of Christmas Eve, and so we would watch a family movie together, a Christmas movie of some kind. And you know, now it's uh, I make homemade buffalo chicken wings with various sauces, and I mean, it's you oh, go man. over the top on that. I'm whole going thing. to New York but, for Christmas. You know, all my kids are grown; they're in their thirties, all of them, and uh, we've got four grandkids. So Christmas Eve, we have everybody over the house. We do the you know Christmas wing thing. We watch some movies or a movie and you know play a game together open presents we all share presents and then we move along because the next day you know my daughter for instance and her husband and our two oldest grandkids they have their own christmas and my mm -hmm. son and his two kids they have their own christmas my other son isn't married but um christmas day is pretty quiet i mean because mary and i will exchange a gift or two you know pretty much we've already given each other everything including this year a kitchen remodel so <laughs> there's it's going to be mm. lean as far as presents go but yeah uh yeah i mean we just spend the rest of the day relaxing and enjoying each other and the reality that christ came to save us knowing that That's god right. interjected himself into our world i mean there's a lot of gratitude on christmas but not a lot of activity on christmas day itself yeah, oh, that's that sounds great. Well, I know we're uh, we're actually spending Christmas up north with all of the kids, and you know we have a regular tradition as well. The the big, you know, my wife cooks the huge Christmas morning breakfast. You know, all of the pancakes and eggs and just you know the whole bit. So we have the, the huge uh, breakfast. But then, bef but before we do it, before we eat, ever since the kids were little, uh, growing up, we always, you know, I would sit down and I would uh, read Luke chapter two, of course. And, and so we go through that and talk about that and remind everybody what the, the reason of celebration is. And it's like, okay, let's dig into the food, then let's dig into the presents. And so uh, my boys, same thing, you know, the, the, most of my boys now are in their twenties and thirties. Uh, most of them are and it's still the same thing. Let's sit around, read Luke chapter two. Let's remember what it's about. And then let's dive into the food and dive into the presence. And so, you know, have a lot of fun with it, I guess. Um, you know, let me add, by the way, let me add my, I forgot that my wife always makes a, a coffee cake for Ooh. Jesus's birthday. Right. And so we would put candles on it and sing happy birthday. We still do that tradition now with the grandkids, but um, yeah. yeah, we have, we haven't lost that. You know, Roger, I'm curious to see what happens in the the Marsh household here, which, by the way, I have to say, you were talking about when you were a kid growing up, Neil, and the way it worked with your dad. For me, believe it or not, guys, I didn't get to celebrate Christmas as a child. Growing up, we didn't, we weren't allowed to celebrate Christmas because I was in Worldwide Church of God, Herbert W. Armstrong, Armstrongism. Oh, wow. And so yeah. we didn't celebrate Christmas, Easter, birthdays, any of that kind of stuff. So Christmas for us was just 
another day where the lights outside are off. And so it's like, mm, that was my childhood memories as far as oh, Christmas man. go. So, yeah, I know. What are you going to do? That's no, now we know why Bob's all screwed no, up. Exactly. I know. I was going to say why he's so grumpy all now the time. I know. Time. Now That's you know why I'm wrong about everything. Okay. Uh, so what, what's, the, what's the Marsh uh, Christmas look like? Well, it's been interesting for us because when I was growing up, uh, my dad was always the minister of music at our church. You know, we didn't have worship mm-hmm. leaders back then. We had choir directors. And my mom was a school teacher who also led the children's choir. So December was just, I mean, it was a blur in terms of school activities and church activities, this, that, and the other thing. And we always had a late service on Christmas Eve, which we really liked. And actually, at one point, back in, when I was a young child, um, we were part of a church that uh, the local NBC affiliate would come out and video our earlier service and play it back after the Tonight Show locally in Los Angeles before they'd get into the huh. Pope's Mass, which was kind of kind of fun to see my dad directing the choir. But by the time he got home from everything, we'd wake up Christmas morning, we'd open presents, then we'd all just literally fall apart because everybody was so tired. Yeah. And my dad spent a lot of Christmas days in bed just because he was he was exhausted. As we've gotten older now with my three kids and Lisa's three kids, it really is just kind of a tag team who's going to be where and how we're trying to establish some new traditions this year. Uh, we're having a couple of the kids coming over to our place on the 23rd, uh, which will be nice to, you know, do kind of like an early Christmas there. Uh, but then one of them wound up uh, because of a travel thing, they're going to stay with us because they're traveling in and then they're going to keep heading somewhere else. So we'll wind up having them with us on Christmas morning. But, you know, in terms of establishing new traditions, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a challenge. Try to get to see my folks as often as we can. Uh, my brother and his wife are long gone. I mean, they're, they're in Oregon and they just do what they do. But it's just, it's interesting mm. to see how we're trying to, you know, this three-legged race to try to get family traditions going. One thing we are doing though, and this is kind of funny because it just arrived uh, last night. Uh, Lisa wants to bake and cook and do all sorts of things, but you know, there's only one of her and there's 20 of us or whoever are going to be here. So she ordered something. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I'd never heard of this before, but there's a company in central California that makes some, you know, the Thanksgiving turducken, you know, where you take a turkey oh, yeah. and a chicken and a duck. Well, she ordered a pie cake and and it's literally it looks like a cake but my one of the layers in the middle yeah. yeah pie cake and which literally is a, a pie <laughs> baked into a layer cake and yeah. um, I can't wait to dig into that. I'll, I'll give you full detail when we come back. Nah, you need to be yeah. sending some of that to us. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah, you look Are you kidding? If it's good, it's not leaving the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know what? Pie cake and look it up. I do not blame you. Uh, John, I want to ask you in just a second before, as You're we fine. continue this discussion. And by the way, folks, you know, I thought about this. I know there's a lot of really hot and heavy things we could talk about regarding Christmas, some of the controversial things as well. And I thought maybe, you know, it'd be just kind of nice for, for, for us to have a lighthearted time talking with each other and maybe uh, pull the curtain back and let you folks see a little bit into uh, the window of, uh, of our lives and how we celebrate Christmas as well. And as we continue, this discussion, move into some other areas of Christmas as well. We do want to ask you to give to Preborn if you haven't yet already. Okay, we're coming up on the end of the year. If you're looking for a nice tax write-off, this might be just the thing for you because Preborn, you know, shows ultrasound images of unborn babies in pro-life centers all across the country. And, and moms choose life when they see a picture of their baby. They don't go to Planned Parenthood. They also usually end up accepting the Lord. But it falls on us to pay for these ultrasound images. So here's what we need. We need the big givers and we need the average, the regular givers, all right? Here's who the big givers are. 
maybe you run a business or maybe you've been financially blessed by God, we need some of you out there to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece. Can you buy one ultrasound machine? Your forever legacy will be you stopped thousands and thousands of abortions. And by the way, brought thousands of women to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that worth 15 grand to you for a nice tax write-off? We need some of you willing to do that. And 100% of what you give goes to the ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead, folks. That's how it works with preborn. So here's how you give. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, give right there. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Now, for the rest of everybody, it's like, I can't do 15 grand. Okay, fine. Pay for individual ultrasounds. It's $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion. How many abortions will you be willing to stop? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number that is, that's your one-time gift. And give the same way. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. And they also answer the phones 24-7. So you can call right now, 833-850-BABY, and give over the phone, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing this. So, uh, John, what's the Rush household look like? Any kind of family traditions, anything that's really uh, cool or interesting that's, uh, that you guys do on Christmas? No, we've we've a lot like what. Uh, How actually, boring! Because yeah, you know, because of our I guess because of our age and all the kids and being spread around and other you know family events they go to. We try to take as much pressure off of all of them as we can. We actually just did a big celebration last weekend. Did a little bit more last night. We kind of spread it out a little bit. I guess you could say do it over multiple times or days. It's not one big huge event and a lot like what Neil and Roger just discussed. Maybe that's just getting older and being a grandparent and all of that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, Christmas for us is actually like like Neil and Roger. It's fairly quiet. And uh, I mean, I guess for us, the tradition is just for me personally, with my kids, knowing what it was like, you know, growing up and having to go here and there and to Neil's point, you know, you couldn't play with this and you couldn't play. We've literally tried to take as much pressure off of the kids and all the grandkids as possible so they can actually mm-hmm. enjoy their day and not have to feel obligated to go do something with us. So we do stuff ahead of time so they don't feel obligated. Yeah, that's good. Do you guys watch Christmas movies? Which, by the Christmas way, vacation every year. Yes. Uh, we do the same thing. Christmas <laughs> vacation. What a classic! Uh, I yes, am I'm cur- a heathen on that day. I know. You know what? I I get it. I, it's <laughs> exactly. It's time to repent. Okay, because that's right. uh, I, I, now will you guys help me out with something. I've never understood this. Why a Christmas story is so beloved by people? It's not like I hate the movie it's like That's okay annoying. fine but you know what i have never once ever when watching little ralphie trying to get his bb gun or whatever never once ever have i even cracked a mona lisa smile during that movie let alone actually laughed like i do with christmas vacation but well that's had, because that's because you shot your eye out with a bb gun yeah, there you <laughs> that's go. well yeah there it brings go. back horrible memories for me but yeah. i mean i don't know i just i don't get i've had listeners call into my show over the years going bob when i watch a christmas story i laugh so hard i, I shoot eggnog out my nose and i'm like what part of that movie ever makes you laugh i just i don't get it to me that's one of the most overrated movies as far as comedies go the other one that's by the way that's overrated is it's a wonderful life that's the most oh it's not overrated are you kidding that is oh, a that great thing movie is so depressing you just uh, want to just i'm a, I'm a, a, Mary. I'm a Mary. Oh, Mary's house how can you not love that movie oh, what a great so oh, come depressing. on the acting job that he did though 
Huh. You know, I mean, come on. It's still on. depressing, Bob. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Bob, uh, Donald no, never Clarence jitterbug. gets his wings. He He'll gets never, his money back at the end. He, John you know. will never jitterbug over a swimming pool ever again after that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> ever. Right. Yeah, that's, that's repressed memories. That's what yeah, you got there. Yeah. Uh, is, is he right, or is this yet another example, guys, of John being dead wrong on everything? What do you, <laughs> no, what do you, I, you know what? I, what do you, I, what do you think, I usually... Neil? I usually would side with John uh, on something like that, but not this case. I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but, you know, I would see it every year. It looked really depressing. It was in black and white and, you know, not that interesting. And finally, one year, I said to Mary, I said, so let's just watch this thing, like start to finish. It's a pretty long movie, by the way, but yeah. um, it, it's got a real story to it. It's heartwarming at the end. The community surrounds, you know, whatever his character's name is. I can't remember. George and, Bailey. Uh, George Bailey, right. Yeah. And so, you know, everything turns out well in the end, and it's a warm-hearted Christmas movie in that sense. So I, I would I would put it in my top ten, <clears throat> not top five of Christmas mm-hmm. movies. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Really? It's not top It's not top, all right, It's top five for me, definitely. Wow. So Christmas Vacation and It's a Wonderful Life. The Scrooge movie from 1951 with Alistair Sim, he, I think, does, does the yeah. best one of mm-hmm. all of them. And by the way, sorry guys, I, I know I, I'm going to be a bad Christian here too. Uh, Bill Murray's Scrooged, I just think is a is a classic. Oh, I thought you were going to say Die Hard. I was already for that one. I mean, <laughs> is Die Hard actually a Christmas movie? <laughs> Isn't that like yes. the best debate ever? You know, <laughs> I know, isn't it? What about you, Roger? What, what what's your what's your top Christmas movies? Oh my goodness! Um, well, I, I still like the uh, the snow Christmas scene from Field of Dreams. That's one of my favorite Christmas moments. Wow! But, uh, um, that doesn't yeah. count as a Christmas movie. I know, but I want to make right. it one. Uh, but oh, the okay. uh, you know Christmas Christmas Vacation is uh, has always been a, a fun one for our family. I like the mm-hmm. older Scrooge as well. As a matter of fact, we, we we knew the holidays officially had begun. It was about a week or two before Thanksgiving when uh, we'd be getting Amazon packages left and right because I don't don't even ask anymore. I mean, Lisa's the Amazon queen in our family. Right. And instead of boxes, there was just like a basic envelope, you know, like someone had sent us something. I don't remember what it was. And right. I walked in, I'm looking at it, and I, I hand it to Lisa, and I, and I said, honey, do you know what this is? She goes, I don't remember. What do you think it is? And so I opened it up, and I looked, and I said, oh, great, honey. Guess what we got? We got a 12-month subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. And <laughs> Where'd you get that? Where did you get right. that? a great gift. Yeah, exactly. But And she looked at me like, what? I said, Christmas vacation, babe. Come on. Go stare, <laughs> but go stare is at there the non-existent really a thing? <laughs> is there actually know. really a thing, though? I, I don't can, know. There's got to be a, a company out there to fill. Uh, John, there's got to be a company out there to fill that need. I would do it. I mean, <laughs> the Jelly of the Month create, Club. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Instead okay. of your annual bonus, that's what you get. There you go. One you know year what, subscription. Yeah. One of my sons, my oldest son for a time, and I know it's terrible because he'd be like, Dad, as a Christian, I know this is horrible, but he had as his ringtone on his phone the Clark Griswold meltdown where he's like, oh. and I want to tell him what a four-flushing <laughs> is. hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> but that was his ringtone. It's like, okay, but I hope your phone doesn't go off in church because there's a couple words in there we don't want to hear. So. Right. Uh, I can't believe hey, no, way, one, no one he, mentioned Elf. Uh, or, I did. You know, you know what? Elf oh, you is did? A, okay. Elf is good. Kudos to, kudos to uh, what's it, Will Ferrell. I, I thought very he, funny. Very, very lovable character. I thought he did a great job. And unfortunately, he's so raunchy and sleazy he's in a lot of stuff that he elf. does. Yeah. But you know, but he didn't bring the raunch and the sleaze to this movie, and so that that I really, really credit him for. Which, by the way, Roger, I do want to ask you also because I know we're talking about a lot of things Christmas related, and but we also want our listeners to know that uh, we've got people like not just preborn, but Dennis Wilson helping us financially, uh, and you can tell the people. 
people that have used Dennis Wilson through the course of the year because they're most likely in a better position financially this Christmas uh, than they were last Christmas. Maybe absolutely. that's what people need to do to prepare for next year. Yes, absolutely. And and the time is now to actually make those decisions because quite frankly, I mean, the economy is not going to get a whole lot better next year with presidential election time. It's going to get politicked, but it's not, I mean, your stock market's going to do what stock market's going to do. Real estate's going to do what it's going to do. The key to having serenity at Christmas time and all throughout the year financially is knowing that you're investing wisely and you're creating good stewardship opportunities for you and your family. And that's what Dennis Wilson specializes in is making sure that your money is growing, growing in kingdom purpose, kingdom service, but also growing in such a way that it's not not growing. You know, I mean, that, a lot of people mm. are looking for positive growth, not trying to litigate or mitigate the negative growth. But if you have experienced some negative growth in a 401k or an IRA, call Dennis Wilson today and he can help you reverse the curse. He can actually stem the tide and point you in the right direction to where you can rebuild, which of course is very important during your retirement years where you don't have as much runway to recover. 800-696-9970 or go to uh, crawfordmediagroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner because, I mean, it's like you said, Bob, I mean, you'll enjoy those Christmas movies a lot more knowing that your money is uh, being stewarded well and is putting you in the lowest tax rate possible and and the highest uh, profitability possible all while mm-hmm. honoring the Lord at the same time it's a it's a win-win win for sure it, it sure is you know I I was thinking about what we would talk about regarding Christmas and there there are so many heavy things for us to debate. And I guess I just kind of thought, you know what, why don't we have a little bit of a lighthearted time with each other and, and, and kind of let kind of let our listeners see the non-serious side of us too sometimes. And so I, I hope that's okay with everybody listening to us and watching us. And so, but there is a huge debate issue that I'd like to throw out on the table. I've actually had this debate with my audience uh, before, which just gives you an idea how near the bottom of the barrel I'm willing to scrape for topics for open line callers but uh, Roger do do you believe in wrapping presents for your pets I just think that is the most absurd thing for people to do they only do it for themselves the dogs don't know or care if they had a present wrapped they will also root through the garbage bag if you if you take a dog's present and wrap it in a hefty garbage bag, he will also rip through that. There's no way, John, your dog is thinking, oh, I didn't get a wrapped present like everybody else did. He's very uh, sad no. when he doesn't get one. He is not very sad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Any 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 creature that is not self-aware enough to realize what he's doing to himself in the middle of the floor in front of company and sliding his rear end across the carpet and drinking out of the toilet. If he's not self-aware enough to know that, he's not self-aware enough to go, I got left out of Christmas. He's just very self-aware of himself and has a big ego. Okay, okay. But, but his ego doesn't stop him from sliding his rear end across the carpet in front of, no, in front of company? In he's very confident. He doesn't care. <laughs> Okay, and embarrassing himself with the neighbor's leg or any well, of that on, stuff. That, that's... Only you're embarrassed. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no arguing with that kind of logic. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, so you'll go ahead and wrap the dog's uh, presents. Uh, Neil, will well, be I no... don't, but my wife does, yes. There right. will be no wrapped presents for our dog under the tree. Okay. He'll be lucky if he has a warm place to sleep. Oh, boy. I mean, you take a bone, you throw a bone under there so the kids feel good or the grandkids feel good, but that's nope. about it. Nope, grandkids don't care because that's one less thing for them. 
Yeah. Okay. See, it's 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 just not logical to me. It's there's lack of. It's like wrapping a present for a newborn baby. That's only for the parents. That's for nobody else. It's only for the parents. It's only for the kids. Uh, Neil, what do you think? Wrap presents for dogs or no? Because this is something. This is a debate that must be established. A hundred percent, because it was really fun. Our dog Daisy is home with Jesus. You know, God rest her soul. She was a beautiful yellow lab. But anyway, she uh, she was. I had the same yellow lab named Daisy that passed away about four years ago, Neil. Uh, well, this is about eight years ago, but man, wow, what a Daisy! Sweet they're, both, dog. they're both up. The two Daisies are up there together, Neil. Yeah, <laughs> and they're pushing. It, they're pushing each other, pushing Daisy. Right. All right, sorry, but um, bum. Yeah. I know. Yeah, try the deal. Uh, but you know, your waiter. <laughs> we, we wrapped the present because it was more fun watching Daisy sniff out her present than right. anything else. I mean, she found that bone every single time. See, and, and that and that's the key, John. You're talking about dogs that actually act like dogs and would sniff out the presents, so then they go through the wrapping paper. Neil, you're doing the same thing. We have a, a Maltese who is just vain, arrogant. If he is not groomed properly, he just where's my grooming? Will come out and demand treats and things like that. So I'm more than happy to give him his treats over the fence in the neighbor's yard. I have no trouble with that whatsoever. <laughs> the weather's not that bad here, you know. <laughs> I mean, oh, every Roger. time we, t- but you know what's funny is we'll, we'll, we'll go for a walk sometimes in the neighborhood. Our daughter Ryan has a developmental delays, so this is kind of like her buddy, and so they have their little one. And she is sweet and protective with him unless they're going for a walk. And next thing you know, Jax is flying through the air because he wanted to sniff out some fire hydrant or whatever, and she's not having it. Next thing you know, just yank on the leash, and there he goes. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I love dogs who do, guys, what you're talking about. If you've got that fun, playful, loyal animal that would smell something and make a big production out of it and have some fun i absolutely love that we just don't have that in our family right now by the way neil you said that daisy is with jesus okay here we go here comes ebenezer all right yeah Uh, all dogs go to heaven bob will dogs be in heaven yes Yes. of course dogs but will they actually be our individual personal pets that will recognize us and wag their tail when we get to heaven what do, you, what do you base that on? That's not. Not only is that <laughs> not biblical, it's not logical. <laughs> Absolutely, Bob. They will. <laughs> okay. Well, then, how do I argue? Right. With that? Come on, Neil. You're the pastor. Okay. Back well, me hold on. Yeah. Whose house? Okay. Whose house is Daisy going to live in? Which one of your kids' houses is Daisy going to live in in heaven? Mine. I fed her. <laughs> I mean, look, my dog, our, our family dog, Brandy, Golden Retriever. Okay, she died, but I don't have any illusions to think that Brandy herself is going to be there waving her tail. And all the all the boys loved her. So, whose house is she going? Are they going to live in one of my boys' mansions, or one of my boys' houses, one of my wife's mansions, no, or in my outhouse, you, or in my outhouse? Which one? Oh, you so she stays with me. I, I get yeah. her. I don't want her. I'd rather her go to one of the kids' houses. It wouldn't be heaven for me then because i gotta go around cleaning things maybe up. maybe there'll be like seven of her you never know uh, okay God, god's gonna clone the pet so that everybody go. gets their own pet there, and then each, what do you do when you get together the pets all look at each other and go hey, looks like i'm looking in a they'll, mirror they'll be perfect and well behaved bob but <laughs> okay. isn't that hesitations or hezekiah where it says there was a, a seven brothers and they all shared a dog and then when one of them was, died no never mind i'm sorry that's wrong. second hezekiah not second <laughs> hezekiah no and it was the pharisees that asked jesus so when a woman if her dog dies and she gets another woman and finally after seven dogs which which dog will be living with her i think that 
that was the question was that Jesus yeah, was yeah, answering. Something, so, like that, yeah. something along those lines. I I got to brush up on my you know. When I get around Come you on, pastors, Bob. I I know I know. I'm telling you. See, the thing uh, is, Bob, in heaven you're going to run into Brandy, and she's not going to be paying any attention to you. <laughs> you're you're going to think you're right, but actually, Brandy's just trying to ignore you, hey, pretend she doesn't see you. That's what it won't like. be yeah. the first time she upped her nose at me when oh, she walked by. Okay. <laughs> Same thing correct. with cats. If anybody thinks their she cat is going to go to no, heaven, cats don't go to heaven. No. Oh, by no. the way, I got to tell you no. real quick. Oh, man, did I anger my audience one time. Several years ago, somebody called into my show. It was on a free-for-all Friday. And they asked, do dogs go to heaven? And I just said, well, I don't know about that, but I do know all cats go to hell. And just because I said Ooh. my email, phone, 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 just like crazy. I was oh, trying man. to do damage control getting out of it. People were so furious calling in. And then I made it worse because I said, okay, come on, guys, settle down. I love cats. I think cats are great with a little bit of barbecue sauce. They're wonderful. Oh, boy. And, oh. and it just made it worse. Worse, oh, and I, I could not. I could what not. Are you thinking? I could not humor my way out of this for my audience. So yeah, anyway, those, are, those are areas you just don't go into. Ten years later, I'm just now starting to get some of those listeners trickling back. Mm. Uh, folks, we we want you to remember to support our sponsors to this podcast, uh, Wilson Financial. We want you to support them. Preborn, we want you to support them. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, do it now. Or as Arnold would say, do it now. Okay, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on <laughs> Preborn. What? Exactly what he'd say. And nobody brought up Jingle All the Way either. Okay. That's if there's a reason for that. Yeah. I know. The turbo Man. It d- does nothing for me. Sorry. Nope. Uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. You can give right there, folks. Remember, it's $28 to stop one abortion. You're paying for ultrasound images. So $28 times fill in the blank. How many abortions will you be willing to stop? It's a one-time gift. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds too. So we appreciate you doing that. And if you can buy an ultrasound machine, we need somebody out there, heavy hitter, to buy one for 15 grand, okay? And that's a nice tax write-off for you. And don't forget, from now till Christmas, we got an anonymous donor matching dollar for dollar everything. So take uh, the baby's lives you save and double it uh, with whatever you give. You can also call 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. They answer the phones 24-7. So go ahead and call anytime and give right over the phone. We appreciate you folks supporting our sponsors. We appreciate you folks listening to this podcast. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And Neil Boron, Neil Boron, live out of Buffalo, New York. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, John Ebenezer Rush out of Denver, yes. Colorado. Uh, Roger Marsh, the bottom line from the People's Republic of Sunny California. Myself, Bob Duco, the Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, always great catching up with you. Look forward to next week and have a great Christmas. Likewise. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Merry Christmas. Christmas. We'll see you. See you. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logo to donate. And Wilson Financial Advisors, Over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMedia.net and click on their logo for more information. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app.
Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.